You're listening to 1232, an audio epic produced by Rumblestump Entertainment. 1232 is sponsored by Phil Bob Borman Art, a nationally collected skyscape artist mastering the shape and color of western skies and towering cloudscapes, inspiring viewers to look up at the glory of God all around us. Phil Bob Borman is represented by Insight Gallery, Fredericksburg, Texas, Legacy Gallery, Scottsdale, Arizona, Caudry Gallery in Whitefish, Montana, and the Museum of Western Art. Contact for available paintings or commissions at philbobbormanfineart.com. Hello, 1232 listeners. This is Callie Sue, and I'm excited to tell you about Dramafy, the ultimate platform for creators and fans of audio dramas. With oodles of genres, hundreds of shows, and thousands of episodes, Dramafy is your go-to streaming service exclusively for family-friendly audio dramas. Whether you're a devoted listener or a creator of a family-friendly masterpiece, Dramafy has something for you. And guess what, 1232 listeners? You can now enjoy 1232 on Dramafy. Just go to dramafy.com forward slash 1232. That's D-R-A-M-A-F-Y dot slash 1232 and get started for free. Happy listening. Chapter 8 the Hikaria Mountains broke into hills that joined the Pathos, Cariso, and Tucson Mountains in a crooked chain. The ghost town of White Oaks on one side of the Pathos, and the Capitan Mountains on the other. Separated by a lot of scrub cedar and pinon trees, cattle and short, tough grass. Crossing over from the White Oaks side, the road wound around the Pathos to a fork. The main road went on to the Hikarias, and the other, a narrow dirt track, traced the Pathos foothills. There was nothing out there but wildlife, ranchers, and their livestock. Taft took the dirt track that forked off the main road and slowed down. The road, if it could be called that, climbed a low hill and dropped into a small, brush-covered valley, only to rise over another hill. The sun's fading glow cast dark shadows from the mountains over the hill country at its feet. Suddenly, the jeep died. It had run out of fuel. Taft did not waste a moment. Now in the deep evening silence, he felt more comfortable. He had to reconcile with reality that he might miss Rona. It was at least eight miles back to White Oaks. He did not let himself dwell on it. He would just have to let her go. God, I know you will take care of her as you have watched over me. Lord, please guide me. He coasted the jeep to the ditch and left the keys in it. Shouldering his pack, he crossed a five-wire fence and went a few paces from the road, where he stopped to listen. He could hear faint voices right in his pathway. This wasn't a problem. Taff was in his element, feet on the soil, no distractions. Motors and machinery seemed to drain the color out of life somehow. If Lewis wanted him, he would have to come get him out here. Taff stopped again to listen. Is that laughter? He was right up on them now. A man and a woman beside a totaled car. He stepped out where they could see him. I'm not really an archaeologist. Actually, I'm a... Flint stopped talking at the same moment. Rona turned around and saw a man stepping out of the trees. Before Flint could comprehend what was happening, he saw Rona reach behind her back for a knife. The man came into plain sight. Flint's eyes widened. He had not expected to see anyone out here. I wouldn't do that, Rona. 
Taff said calmly, laying a hand on his knife hilt. It's me, Taff. Oh, for crying out loud, Taff, you scared the sh- I'm just as surprised to see you here. Taff approached and looked up at Flint, who was still standing in the coronet's seat. What happened to you both? Taff had to ask. The shadows were growing darker, but he could smell blood and see that they were covered in it. Oh, uh, um, we, uh, we hit a deer, uh, sir. Flint clumsily jumped out of the car and offered Taff his hand. I'm Flint Thatcher. Uh, How do you do? Taff took it firmly and nodded to him. Oh, Flint, come on. How do you do? Rona rolled her eyes. Truce, remember, Rona? It goes both ways, you know. Flint lifted his chin as he talked, looking younger than he wanted to appear. Taff inspected the deer bleeding out on the seat of the car. God spared their lives. They should be dead. He thought. But wasn't that just like the God he knew? Answering prayer and orchestrating divine appointments. Not a coincidence. He had asked him to watch over Rona. A low rumble accompanied by a growing glow on the other side of the hill told them a vehicle was approaching. We have to get off the road now. Taff snapped as he turned and trotted back into the trees. Rona close behind him. Flint hesitated for a second, and followed by hollering something about maybe they can help while tripping over the rocks leading to the tree line. He's an idiot, Taff. First chance we get, we gotta lose him. Rona whispered as they trotted further uphill into the brush. He's your brother. Yeah, but he's a... She broke off, trying to get her breath. It hurt terribly to run. Then you won't lose him no matter what you do. Taff remembered his own hatred for his brother and felt the shame of it now. He pulled up to wait for Flint, who was crashing through the brush like a blind man. Rona held her side, trying to get her wind and shallow breaths. She tried not to make a show of it, especially around Taff. What are we running from? I don't see the point of trampling through the... Flint caught his toe on a scrub oak and went down to one knee. He got up and approached the other two, still talking. Through the wilderness in the dark. Taff motioned for him to be quiet. Rona shook her head and threw Flint a contemptuous stare. But Flint couldn't see her face and just stood next to Taff, panting. Flint's heavy breathing made it hard for Taff to hear anything. He took a few steps away to listen. Below them, through the trees, the headlights came over the rise and stopped the car. After sitting for a while, the engine died, and the headlights went out. Hey, psst. Let's hear a word from our awesome sponsors. Then we'll get back to the show. This episode of 1232 is sponsored in part by Oasis Family Media and its family of companies including Oasis Audio. Enclave Publishing, and Sky Turtle Press, publishers of the forthcoming epic Edmund Spencer's The Fairy Queen, rendered in modern prose by Rebecca K. Reynolds and illustrated by Justin Girard. For more information, visit fairyqueen.com. That's fairyqueen.com. Or find the link in the description below. Looking for quality loose-leaf teas and coffee? Look no further than AtticusTea.com. Use our promo code 1232 for 32% off your first order of the finest tea and coffee from AtticusTea.com. Let's see, where did we leave off? 
Only an occasional sound came to their ears now, but Taff understood it. Lewis was tracking them. Rona's pain was obvious and they could not hide because of Flint being too loud. He inspected where they were, remembering he had been here before. From the peak of the Pathos, he marked the spot he wanted to begin their ascent. He pointed to it and told Flint to lead out. Rona would follow and he would bring up the rear. That way, if Lewis caught up to them, he could get their last confrontation over with. Lewis had one weakness that gave them a clear advantage. He was practically blind in the dark. Taff had noted that long ago. Lewis was in his early 40s and in top shape, but night blindness had nothing to do with age. Silence was their means of escape. Lord, show Flint the right way up. I do not want to send this enemy to answer to you. If you want to spare him, keep him from catching up to us. Taff sighed. Seriously, guys, who is that? Flint's whisper could have been heard in a crowded room. Rona slapped her right hand over his mouth at the same time, mouthing the word, Lewis. Flint raised his eyebrows and vigorously nodded. For two hours, the three of them zigzagged their way up the side of the mountain. When Rona looked back, she sometimes saw the headlamp Lewis must have been using to find their tracks. Breathing was agony for her, but she dared not slow down. She was tough enough to take a little pain. We are only as strong as our weakest link, and it's not going to be me, she said to herself. Periodically, Flint would want to stop for a breather, but Rona scolded him upward. Taff stayed a good deal behind, and Rona knew why. The more she thought about it, the more she wanted to meet Lewis herself. Personal vendetta aside, she knew that if anyone could take care of Lewis, it would be Taff. They reached a place on the mountain's face where a wildfire had burned the timber. All the way up from where they stood, it was nothing but rocks and deadfall. Flint stopped for further instruction, and Rona had to sit down. Flint, edge your way up and to the right. When we get over this when we cross that saddle and go along the ridge line. Rona, are you still able? Here, take my pistol. Taff bent down in front of her so he could look her in the eye. He took a bottle of water and an extra t-shirt out of his bag and gave them to her so she could get the blood off of her face. Rona, though grateful, was self-conscious. It put her in a bad mood. Taff stood up. Flint, I want you to take Rona the way I told you. I will meet you at the southern tip of that ridge and wait for me to return. Do not waste time. With that, he faded back into the moonlight landscape like a ghost. He's got some real woodsman skills. Flint commented when they got going. Shut up, moron. Rona took Taft's orders as an insult. Why didn't he leave her in charge? She knew, however, it was because she lagged thanks to a rib injury. It seemed like an eternity of scrambling over boulders and struggling over and around dead trees in the gray dark before Flint found the place to stop. He plopped down near a tree and went to sleep. Rona would not let herself get too comfortable. She faded in and out, her back against a rock, and Taft's pistol in her hand.
You've been listening to episode 8 of 1232, produced by Rumble Stump Entertainment. Written by Callie Sue and Cheyenne Bell. Narrated by Callie Sue. Today's voice talents include Robin Cage as Rona Thatcher, Matt Burke as Taff, and Corey Keller as Flint Thatcher. This episode was mixed and engineered by Jet Black. Edited by Casey Caballero, Caballero Sounds. Mastered by Zach Bryant, Nine Moon Mastering. With cover art by Niall C. Grant. This episode was made possible by our generous and incredible backers through Kickstarter. You know who you are. To our knights, our bards, our Welsh bowmen, our wizards, and our chieftains. Thank you. Continue the adventure in episode 9.